Amen. Wonderful special. I have one other prayer request I'd like to bring before the body. I had a chance to visit Brother Don Miller the other day. Brother Don is in Silver Springs Rehabilitation Hospital. As some of you know, he's fallen and he's messed up his shoulder and arm. And Anyways, he's got Alzheimer's. He's 88 and uh, breaks my heart, but uh, that Alzheimer's has taken his toll. He doesn't know you at all. He had no clue who I was. Uh, but I did visit with him, had prayer with him. But uh, pray for him and Sister Jean. Uh, they need our prayers. Uh, they don't really have anyone here except basically the church family. He's got kids and grandkids and great-grandkids strode all over the country. But there's none here. So please pray for him and her. I know eventually, uh, hopefully, they'll let him go home after his shoulder rehabilitates. But uh, we just need to pray for them. Because to be quite honest, they're going to need somebody there with them to keep him from falling and whatnot. So uh, remember the Millers. And then my baby sister. I didn't mention it this morning, but I'm going to. Uh, she wasn't able to take her cancer treatment. Her blood count is low again. Uh, so please pray that they can get her count up to where she can take her treatments. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you, I just have to give it to God. The Lord's in control. But I'm concerned she's not able to get the treatment that she needs. So please remember my sister, Tanya. All right, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27 for our thoughts. Oh, thank you. Children's Church. You're dismissed. Follow Sister RJ and Brother Travis. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, Sister Nadia. Thank you. Y'all got a reprieve, huh? Thank you, Sister Nadia. All right, Matthew chapter 27. We'll read the first, oh, we're going to start with verse 3, go through, oh, verse 10. This is what God's word declares. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought against the thirty piece, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, "I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood." And they said, "What is that to us? See thou to that." And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, "It is not lawful." For to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with, bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. And wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver 
the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, in verse 10, gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you, and we come before your throne this morning, grateful and thankful hearts of all that you've done for us, Lord. Most of all, Lord, you're going to the cross and providing atonement for our sins. Father, as we come before you this morning, we pray that you'll bless this service, and Lord, we'll honor and glorify you the best we know how. And Lord, I pray you'll give me the words to say and speak, and you'll bring to my memory those things that you've laid upon my heart to say. May I preach with boldness and authority your truths. Lord, I pray you'll speak to hearts this morning. I pray those that are saved will be fed. Lord, your word this morning, and I pray if there's those here today that don't know you, that they'll be saved. If there's those that have been saved, but maybe they've strayed from their walk, they're not where they are to be in their walk with you. I pray that they will come when the invitation's given. Lord, have your way in this service with us, your children. We love you and we praise you. We just ask that those prayer requests that are written down and spoken, Lord, you do as you see fit with them. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This passage that we just read is probably one of the most tragic passages you'll ever read in the Word of God. You see, Judas was an apostle, and he was with Jesus in the upper room with the other eleven. And literally, this man was with Jesus for three years. He saw the miracles. He heard the teaching. He was able to see that Christ was who he claimed to be, but yet being that close to the door of salvation, he died lost. You see, what it boils down to is this. You can be acquainted with Jesus, and there's lots of people that are acquainted. You know about who he is. You've read about him in the Bible. You've heard him preach in a church service. And you're acquainted with him, but that doesn't mean you know him. And that was Judas. And understand, Judas was a man that had sin in his life. But guess what? We are also men and women that have sin in our lives. James said in chapter 1 that when lust is conceived, it becomes sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You see, Judas kept the purse. You see, his sin was, one, he was greedy. We got any people here greedy? Can I go ahead and tell you? Go ahead. Rob God, I guarantee you, you're going to end up, it's going to end up costing you more than you'll ever get out of robbing him. Amen? Now, I don't want to shoot any Baptists in the pocketbook because you'll die. 
But the truth is the truth. Here's Judas. You ever noticed mothers when they bear a son, they are proud and glad to name their sons after the apostles. Peter, Nathaniel, Thomas, Andrew. I've yet to meet one named their kid Judas. I've never run across any mother said, oh, we were so proud of him, we named him after Judas. No. You're not going to find that. Why? Because that name exemplifies greed. It exemplifies a horrible life. Listen, to be right there at the door of salvation and die, die lost, I'm sorry, there's no excuse. But I guarantee you, listen to me, sinner friend, if you don't know Jesus, the same lot happened to Judas is going to happen to you. Amen? So let's get into the words. Notice it said, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, and understand, just a couple of hours earlier, he'd been in the upper room with the other eleven, with Jesus. And of course, Jesus dismissed him. To go and do his devious deed. And what did he do? He left the upper room and he went and he got the chief priests and their guard and the Romans. And he knew where Jesus was going to be in the garden of Gethsemane. And he took them there and betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Okay. Now, it didn't take long for his conscience to bother him. And let me say, all of us are born with a conscience. We know right from wrong. Listen, the biggest devious sinners there are in the world, and believe me, there's some that we wouldn't ever acknowledge how wicked that they are. They even have consciences. And I'll throw this in. God through the Holy Spirit uses the, con- the conscience and the Holy Spirit to convict men of their sin and to point them to Christ. There's no one in this world that the Holy Spirit doesn't convict and point to Christ. That's his job. And God deals with people. But here's the problem. Even though Judas was with Christ for three years and he heard the scriptures and he saw the miracles and Christ no doubt proved he was deity. He was in fact the son of God. Judas wanted to hang on to his greed and his sin. There are a lot of people out in the world today They know what they're doing is sin. Oh, they may even be enjoying it. But understand, they will one day give an account to God. And you see, here's the thing about sin. See, the devil will tell you, Brother Cyril, that you know what? It's okay. You only live once in life. So go ahead. And sin all you want because you're going to die one day, so you better just enjoy it while you can. Well, here's the problem with that. 
people will listen to the devil and believe his hooey fooey more than they'll listen to God that says there is a price for sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Understand, there's people, even though they know that there's consequences for their sin, they had rather hang on to that sin than to change because I've had people, as I've witnessed to them, preacher, I'll just be honest with you. I like drinking, I like partying, I like doing drugs. I'm not willing to give it up. I don't care. I'm going to enjoy my life. Here's the problem. That poor person doesn't understand. He's not living. He's existing. That's all he's doing. And one of these days, either that hard lifestyle is going to catch up with him physically, or he's going to die. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. Now, notice what it says. Which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned. You see, again, his conscience began to bother him a little bit. And he realized at that time that I betrayed Jesus. You would say, well, preacher, he made an about face. The Bible says he repented him. Let's talk about that for a second. See, it does say he repented. He repented him. But it's not the repentance that you and I think it is. You see... Yeah, I betrayed innocent blood. My conscience is bothering me. So I'm going to repent. Not of the sin, but of the fact I am going to have to give an account for what I did. There's a difference. You see, at any time, Judas could have fell on our knees and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I betrayed you. Forgive me and save me. And he would have been saved. But no, 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 no. He allowed his heart to grow harder, wouldn't trust Jesus for salvation, wouldn't recognize him as the Savior, but he knew, well, because I've done this thing, I will one day now have to give an account to God. If that wouldn't make you shake in fear, I don't know what would. But let me throw this in and I won't charge you. Sinner friend, it's going to be the same for you because you're going to give an account to God for rejecting his son as your savior. So, it repented him. Again, you heard the old adage, not sorry for what I did, but I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah. I've used that once or twice before I met the Savior. I'm sorry I got caught. That's not repenting. And Judas didn't repent. 
And there's some out there that teach, oh, yes, he did. Poor old Judas. Poor nothing. Now listen, he had every opportunity you and I have. He could have went to heaven, but he chose not to. And sinner friend, you have the same choice. You can choose to go to heaven or you can choose to stay in your sin and go to hell. But that's where you'll spend eternity in eternal separation from God in hell. Now, notice what it says here. It repented him. He repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Maybe Judas even thought, you know what? Maybe I'll take the old money back. Maybe that'll get me a pardon. I'll atone for my wrong by returning the money. First of all, just because you atone for your mess ups in life, that still doesn't get you an entrance into heaven. There's lots of people out there that like to atone for their mistakes. And we all are sinners, not because we sin, but because we have an Adamic nature. We can't help ourselves. And yes, there's times we've wronged people in our lives and in our past. And sure, you want to atone for those. You want to make things right if you can. But just because you do, that doesn't save you. There are people out there that's doing that all the time saying, well, maybe this will be enough. Maybe if God sees I'm trying to make things right, he'll accept me. The only way God accepts us is by having a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ, as our personal savior. That's the only way. I remember when I got saved. I had ought with someone. And I tell you what, it was, there was a lot of hatred there. And thank God he began to deal my heart. He changed my heart. And that's what salvation is. It's a heart transplant. I've had heart plant, transplant surgery. Happened the day I got born again. But God began to deal with my heart. I saw this person. Walked up to that person, saw him in a little convenience store, walked up to that person, and that person, they just knew I was going to go off. But I said, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I am so sorry I put you through that. Will you forgive me? Because Jesus has forgiven me. I want your forgiveness. And I tell you what. Now, don't get me wrong. We didn't become friends all over again. No, no, I, I made things right. I stayed away all these years. But just because I did that, that didn't earn me a place in heaven. So stop trying to appease the world. Why are you seeking the world's forgiveness anyways? The one whose forgiveness we need and must seek is God. His forgiveness. So, again, I can't take this money. He goes back 
to the chief priest and listen to what it says. Saying, I've sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Notice, he is saying that Jesus is innocent. Okay? Even though he conspired with the chief priests and elders and the Roman soldiers. He's saying, you know what? He's innocent. And Jesus was innocent. But listen to their reply. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. Now, the first thing I want to say is that just as Judas had been with Christ for three years and saw that he was who he claimed to be, these same chief priests had also seen the miracles. They had also heard the scriptures and the wisdom that he spoke. But they turned a deaf ear because he made them uncomfortable. You see, they were in religion for power and for publicity and I'll get in trouble money. They had to shut him up. They knew he was innocent. But that didn't stop them, did they? And when Judas returns the money, what are they saying? Basically, hey, whatever you want to do, as far as we're concerned, it's on you. We've gotten our way. So, if you want to give us the money, fine. You don't want it, Give it here. But we could care less. That's what they were saying. You see, here are the religious elite of the day declaring that what they want is more important than knowing the Savior. What they want is more important than Shedding innocent blood. Now, the Bible goes on to say this. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, speaking of Judas, and departed and went and hanged himself. You say, "Uh uh-oh, now I know why he died. He committed suicide and he went to hell because he committed suicide. I want to tell you something. The reason he went to hell is that he rejected Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And even though he committed suicide, and yes, there are those that teach, oh, if you commit suicide, you die lost. Listen to me. Suicide does not keep you out of heaven. The only thing that's unpardonable is rejecting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. There's people that are believers, they get to the point where they feel there's no hope. And I, like I say, I've never been in that situation. I've always known, even though things look bleak and things are bad, I know that there's going to come some sunshine through the cloud eventually. Because I trust in the living God. 
Understand, there's people that take their lives that are saved. Listen, you're going to see them in heaven. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating that you take your life because I don't have the right and neither do you. God gives life. Only God has the right to take life. But I do know this. Suicide in itself will not keep you out of heaven. If you know the Savior, you'll go to heaven. But this wasted life of Judas, it breaks my heart knowing here's a man that literally touched the door of salvation and ended up going to hell. So he goes out, he kills himself. So the chief priests are left with 30 pieces of silver. That's what Christ was betrayed for. I would say this. We have probably betrayed him for a whole lot less. So I haven't betrayed him. If you haven't spent time in his word, you betrayed him. If you haven't been faithful in attending church, you betrayed him. If you haven't shared the gospel with anyone, you've betrayed him. So if you haven't spent time on your knees in prayer, you've betrayed him. There's many ways to betray him. And I'll throw this in. It's amazing to me. When it comes to physical needs, material needs, we see a loved one, we see a neighbor or sometimes we'll be driving down the street and you'll see someone broke down on the side road. You don't know them from Adam. But why is it we don't have no problem stopping and giving them a jump, changing a tire, giving them a few bucks if they need it? But yet we'll never share the word Jesus out of our mouths. There's something wrong with that. Amen? Basically, these men gather it, and I'll use a modern term. They gather blood money, hit money. And they say amongst themselves, you know, guys, it really wouldn't be a proper thing to do to put it in the treasury and use that blood money for the work of God. Uh... Oh, they sounded religious, didn't they? But their hearts were far from them. So what did they do? Well, let's cover up our sin. What we'll do is we won't put it in the treasury, but we'll buy the potter's field, and we'll use that so when there's strangers sojourning to the land and they die, we'll be able to give them a place for proper Burial, And believe me, I guarantee you, you say that you can't do that. You wouldn't there 2,000 years ago. I guarantee you, I know the mind and hearts of men. They were tooting their own horn how religious and how good they were. Forgetting that 
It doesn't pay to cover up your sin because God sees everything. The writer of Hebrews said that he knows who we are and he sees all things because we are totally naked before him. Be sure your sin will find you out. Don't think you're getting by and you're covering up. Listen, it all comes out in the wash. Amen? Y'all ever heard that one before? If you haven't, just watch. We've seen a lot of stuff coming out of the wash with some of these mega church pastors and whatnot, hiding their sin, running around on their wives, or taking money, embezzling money. Some of them may even get by with it here. But can I tell you something? Payday someday. May not be justice here, but I guarantee you there will be justice there. Amen. So, they decide to buy a potter's field. And then look at verse 9. I want to bring your attention to the sovereignty of God. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, that's Jeremiah, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him who was valued, whom they of the children, children of Israel did value. You say, well, what do you mean the sovereignty of God? Well, understand, this is fulfilled prophecy written hundreds of years before he would be betrayed by Judas. He would be led before Pilate, condemned and crucified. God, in his sovereignty, knew that this was going to take place. You see, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't just a tragedy that Christ, who was innocent, would have to give his life for us. You see, this was redemption's plan way before the world was even formed. Before man was created and placed in the garden, God had a redemptive plan. It's amazing to me. You see, God knows all about it. It wasn't by accident. And if that doesn't prove, and by the way, it's just not this prophecy, one prophecy, understand there's hundreds of prophecies that have been fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. If that doesn't mean you can't trust this, then I feel sorry for you. This is God's holy word. Verse 10. And gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. Who did the Lord appoint? Jeremiah to prophesy that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And that the chief priests 
would take that money and not put it in the treasury, but they would purchase a plot of land called the potter's field. And he prophesied that because the Lord God himself appointed him to do it. Now think about this. And I'll hush. It was by no accident that Jesus came into the world for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to fulfill the will of the Father. And the Father's will was that he, leading a sinless, perfect life, would be crucified on a cross to atone and redeem the Lord's creation through his death on the cross. That was God's plan. And it's still his plan. Today, he offers salvation to any and all. But you have to not do what Judas did. Because it's not enough to be acquainted. It's not enough to read your Bible and say, yeah, that's the Lord. I'll throw this in. It's not enough to even agree and say, well, he is the Son of God. It takes placing your faith in the finished work of Christ on Calvary in order to be saved. Yes, we have to recognize we are sinners. That was the problem with Judas. I'm not a sinner, but over in Luke, Jesus said in his word that he was a thief because he's the one that carried the purse. Remember the alabaster box that was broken? Who do you think it was that said, what are you doing, lady? We could have went and sold that and gave to the poor liar. We could have went and sold that and I could have put it in my purse. Greed. Understand in close. I don't know where you are. Your walk with Christ. I pray you know the Lord. I pray you are saved. But if you aren't, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Those wages are death. And because of our sin, we are separated from God. And the only way we can get to God is through Jesus. And what he did on the cross. I pray you've called upon the Lord. But if you haven't, you can as we get ready to have a song. Brother Bob, Sister Holly, simple message. But understand, this man went to hell. If anybody should have come to Christ, it should have been Judas. He was there with him. For three years, he saw. But he wouldn't recognize that he was 
the Christ. He wouldn't recognize he was the son of God. And he wouldn't recognize there was a need in his life. Why? Because he was a sinner. We all have the same need. We all need Jesus. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you for this day and thank you for allowing me to stand before your people. Father, bless your word. and Lord, I just pray your word will reach its intended purposes. Those hearts, Lord, that needed to hear and they need to come now as we have this invitation. Lord, I know the devil would like nothing more than to have them put it off. Wait for another time. But Lord, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If there's one here needs to trust you for salvation, let them come. Lord, if there's one here that's maybe their walk isn't what it once was, may they come back to you here and now as we give this invitation. Lord, we just want you to have your way in our hearts and lives this morning. These things we ask, precious name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.